SMQB's 18 PGA Championship recap, NBA, NHL playoffs, all sorts of fun stuff going on. Punchable face of the week, but I got to tell you, the episode really picks up and gets good around the 31 and a half minute mark with a very special guest appearance. Have fun, check it out, and leave a five star review for us. Enjoy. Welcome, everyone, to episode 18 of the SMQB's podcast. How's everyone doing? Good. Doing well. in there. All right. All right. Well, we're, we're missing our host the most, Bison, who's in trial this week. But he did want everyone to know that uh, he wanted to congratulate House um, for the Eagles signing of Julio Jones to play quarterback. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, well, we'll probably we'll probably convert him to tight end like the Jaguars. Yeah, right, 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 right. Oh right. I, I think um, you need to clarify that Bison is not on trial. He's actually in trial. <laughs> <laughs> he's 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 on trial. One never knows. <laughs> hey, uh, Pontiff, let's start out with you. Chalk one up for the OGs, right? Old guys rule. Whatever that T-shirt is. Uh, what a day yesterday. You know, when we've been talking about great moments in sports history, uh, I said to me the litmus test was you remember where you were when. And I think we all will remember for years yesterday afternoon. Uh, we can probably print out our text string and, and keep it as a great reminder. But what a roller coaster that was. I got four words for you. Bombs, seeds, calves, and coffee. <laughs> yes, the regimen. That's the regimen. That's the formula. To fabulous fit, P-H-I-T, Phil Mickelson, who secured his sixth major yesterday at the fabled Ocean Course in Kiowa uh, with a completely unexpected uh, when, uh, when you look at it in perspective of where he was in his career, I mean, the guy had basically become a personality pushing his coffee, talking about his calves, talking about the bombs that he would hit in his hellacious seeds. Uh, but nobody thought that he would ever compete again on the stage that we saw yesterday. And it was just an amazing day. So let's wasn't his last majors win 2013. So he won the Open in 2013. That was his last major. That's amazing. Unbelievable. And you guys, you know how I do it like a stat. Well, I got some stats for you. Oh, yes. oh here we go. Bring them right? out. Bring them out. So 50 years and 11 months, which makes him older than House. Old Tom right? Morris? No. Oh, and, and me. Yeah. Older than you. Older than me. I, I'm pretty sure he's older than the Milkster, and I know he's older than Bison. He might be yeah. older than those two combined. That's, that's, <laughs> that's entirely possible. The, he's only a junior to uh, myself and the great rooster. So what a, what a blow striking a blow for the 50 crowd. He's three years older than Julian Boris, who before that was the last oldest guy to win. He was 48 when he won the PGA. 
He's five years older than a, uh, a great moment that we've been talking about for quite a while now, Jack's 1986 Masters when he was 46. Yeah. So if you think about it in perspective, how how you put this into a just a, an unbelievable moment, right? So here are the stats. Phil, coming into Kiowa, was 115th in the world golf rankings. He was outside of the area where he needed to be in order to automatically qualify for the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines, where he last week accepted a sponsor's invite, which he said he wouldn't do, a special invite, but yet he did because he desperately wants to get that career grand slam. But people thought of it at that time. That's a token gesture. Oh, oh, not so much. No wins since 2019 when he won at Pebble, which, by the way, was also a surprise considering he was 48 at the time. Mm -hmm. Since September, guys, his record, he's played in eight PGA tournaments. He has missed the cut in six of them, and he wow. failed to get in the top 20 in the other two. He wow. played the weekend only twice since September. Obviously, no majors since 2013. So going into Kiowa, when you did the uh, assessment and handicapped who was potentially going to be there on Sunday, ho hoisting the Wanamaker, Phil Mickelson was not in the conversation. Bookies had him at 300 to 1. Right. He's the first golfer outside the top 50 to win a major since 2011 when it was Keegan Bradley at the PGA 10 years ago. So think about that and put it in context of the feat that he completed yesterday. And I'll leave you with one thing and then we'll have a roundtable discussion because this this is some hot sports stuff to talk about. So his mom texted his sister during the final round, late part in the final round, said, text Philip and just tell him to par in. Don't hit bombs or activate calves. Just par. They will have to catch him. He won't listen to his mother, so you text him. Hurry. So his sister That's Tina. That's funny. His sister Tina said, I'll text Tim, who was on the bag for, for Phil, which is another uh, great moment. And you look back on the 86 Masters, Jack had Jackie, his son, on the bag when he won uh, at, at Augusta. And Phil had his brother for their first major together since, uh, since Bones left a couple years ago. So – Amazing day. Let's talk about the crowd as well. Yeah. Uh, that crazy scene at 18. You know, I likened it, I think, in a text yesterday to the Ryder Cup. Phil Mickelson was the USA, and Brooks Cupcake Kepka was, <laughs> was the Euro. And it, it was that type of environment. Oh, Aunt, so if I have one stat for you before we do the roundtable. Uh, Phil is like less than a year younger than Ernie Els who is currently ranked 1,079th right. in the world in golf. And can you imagine him getting his flabby butt into the shape that Phil is in now? I mean, it nope. just just couldn't couldn't conceive of it. I mean, he worked hard to get to where he is right now. Well, they, they showed some pictures. With, with psoriatic his... arthritis, by the way. Right. Well, he's a, you know, and they, they, one of his sponsors is whoever does psoriatic arthritis medicine, uh, of course. But – you know, they compared his 2012 body form to this at the ocean course last time they were there to his 2021. And the the contrast was amazing. I mean, this guy 
is as fit as you possibly can be as a 50 year old and as a major athlete. But let me ask all of uh, milk, milk and, uh, and house. Did you also notice a huge change in his mental game, his focus? I mean, he had this pause before every shot where he just sort of closed his eyes, visualized the shot and then stared for a second. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I thought it kind of intimidated Kepka. And not only that, I totally agree with you. I, I texted you guys, the fill of old, even when he was winning championships, the fill of old, what was the deciding factor between whether he was the bride or the bridesmaid of a tournament was his ability to make the knee knockers. He was always missing those four to six footers. He paused, he took a breath, whatever his mental game. He was very confident over those. He didn't, he didn't, I don't think he missed any of them. Um, what was a, a little, I think, look, Kiowa, the conditions were everything that a golf fan would dream of for a final day of a championship. Those 15 to 20 mile per hour winds where those winds were so strong, they were affecting putts. Um, I was thinking that when the day started before I knew about the winds, Kepka's youth and the fact that he's won a couple of PGAs, you know, he was going to take it. But I think in the end, Phil's age helped him a lot. His, ex- his experience around the course and uh, it was impressive. I, I, it's funny when we were talking about it, I originally thought it was going to be like really, really boring when it got to Phil going to seven, those guys dropping to two, but then Phil put one in the water on what was it? 13 on 13, 13, which was a little strange. And then it got to Phil at six and cupcake at four and Phil, I mean, talk about being juiced to hit a bomb on 18. He smacked the shit out of that ball and probably got a little assist by the fact that they were, there was a crowd there and then he hit an easy nine iron in beautiful shot. and It was over. But How I about, thought, what about you? Could have gotten squirrely. How milk. about the bomb that he hit on 16? 16. That's the longest drive of the day after Cupcake hit it 321. He hit it 366. 366. Uh, he, out, he outdrove Tony Finau. He outdrove all of the bombers. That milk, was I, milk. I was thinking though that there was a difference in his in his mental game in this regard. When he was ahead. And he, had, he was faced with the choice of hitting your, a typical Phil high-risk shot or using smart course management. For the first time in a long time, he almost 100% took smart choice course management uh, shots. Do you agree? He totally did. And But but honestly, I mean, the whole time I was watching that, especially in the last four holes, I kept waiting. Like when he was on the tee box, I was so nervous because I'm like, here comes the bad drive. <laughs> like he is going to absolutely just pull it. What Something bad is going to happen. And he would just drill it down the middle. And I, and I think y'all are right. The, just the way he was approaching right before every shot. I mean, he was, he was in the zone and you could tell in his post in the, in the interview after how confident he was. He was supremely confident to the point where I think he was fucking with Kepka. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, no, totally he was. And Kep, can we talk about Kepka for a little bit? Yeah, I know you watch yeah, let's please do. 
I, I saw today he's bitching, by the way, yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my. Oh, his knee got knocked oh, by It would have been cool if it didn't have a bad knee. Hey, by the oh, way, yeah. can we talk about the 2008 U.S. Open? I remember somebody who was uh, what had a well, he had a broken leg, broken leg and finished and won it. So I don't yeah. want to hear any bitching. And then I think he claimed that somebody tried to take out his kneecap in the crowd or something. Right, right, what? right. Like Phil supporters dinged up his yeah. knee oh, yeah. is what he was saying. Yeah, well, like, whatever he did, like whatever he did on the 18th green was going to change the outcome of that match. It it was unbelievable. He's such a prick, too. He's just like, yeah, it was a good, good moment for Phil, I guess. Yeah, what an asshole. I just, I can't stand that guy. I, I got I, I to gotta go back to one thing about Phil um, and that, that experience that Pope was talking about on 18. We were lucky enough to have the 2013 U.S. Open here at Marion. And I don't know if you guys remember, but on the final day, it was a stare down between Justin Rose and Phil. And Phil is so beloved just everywhere. It was wild, wild here for, for Phil. And the end, Rose won by a stroke and Phil was pretty heartbroken over that. But Rose, just to contrast with Kepka, Rose was so unbelievably gracious. He understood how the fans felt about Phil. He talked more about Phil than about himself, you know, when he accepted the trophy. But I'll tell you what, I mean, I was for a little bit, I was at a place where Phil can almost win a major. It was, he, he had a, I'll never forget, he had a shot on the par 317th to bring it, I think, within one um, on Sunday. And I was there, and the place was wild. There is, I'm, you know, obviously there was for Tiger, but when you think about in all the different sports, how this feeling, this relationship between fans and a certain player, Phil's pretty high up there. Don't you guys think that? Well, look, if you look at comparisons, I think Jack Nicholas is beloved at the Golden Bear. Everybody loves him, but he didn't have the same relationship with the fans that Arnie did. Many people have said Phil is very similar to Arnie and Tiger was very similar to Jack from that perspective. Phil, you know, Arnie told Phil a long time ago, you got to play to the fans. You got to make them think that you love them and they will love you back. And and boy, how about that love yesterday out of Kiowa? I mean, it it was it was phenomenal. I thought um, Phil got tremendous energy from the fans. I totally they, did. They I, got him all stoked. Look, I I don't think for a second that he wins that if it, it's COVID and there's no fans. I don't think. Great point. I think he got a lot of energy yeah, off the good fans. Point. But but I'll tell you guys, you know, I was had had shades and and PTSD from Tom Watson. Uh, in 2009 at Turnberry when all he had to do was hit the ball on the green and two putt for, oh, yeah. a, for, for the open at Turnberry, he would have been the oldest winner at 59. And I kept just kind of waiting for that Tom Watson moment when Phil was going to, you know, when he was going to spit the bit on 17, hit in the water yeah. or on 18, you know, snap hook, like, or like a winged foot in 2006 when he blocked it. Uh, so he didn't have a shot to the green. So um, kudos to him. And it's just, it's amazing. And you think about it and we can wrap it up, but he has a chance. It's more than, so you're saying there's a chance. He has a chance to compete and potentially win at Torrey Pines. He mm-hmm. loves the course. 
multi-winner there. It's near his home. Can you imagine the fans at Torrey Pines right. for Phil? Yeah. Let's not forget that that victory got him a five-year exemption to all the majors. He doesn't need a sponsor's exemption right. anymore. And right. who was it that yesterday that said, where is Phil supposed to play next week? He's at the it's Colonial. The senior PGA. He's in my backyard. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. He's, he's coming to four. Is he going to play it? He's going to play the Colonial. He That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. the winner here. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> that's got to be the first yeah. time that's ever happened. He, right, you know, he right. may not play. He may not play the senior tour much anymore, as long as he is feeling this, yeah. uh, this, this wind at his back. Yeah. Um. And you know, all he needs to win the career Grand Slam is the U.S. Open. I hey, can't wait. Next sh- month is going to be insane. Let's hope he stays healthy. From what I know about psoriatic arthritis, it can just take you out. Yeah. Without much notice. So uh, let's jump ahead to Major League Baseball, Milk. We've got now we've got uh, our our favorite player Tatis is not just doing the bat flip, but he's got the home run bling chain to go with the bat <laughs> flip. I don't know if you guys have seen that. It's like All a right. Miami Hurricanes turnover chain. Um, and we've got Shohei Otani, the the Shohei kid. I mean, that guy is unbelievable. So my question to you, Milk, is this. Are these new, young, exciting players making Major League Baseball exciting? Or do you agree with Donnie Baseball that many times it's just unwatchable because of the the new ball and the new rules and all this other stuff? Well, I think it depends on who you're watching. Because if you're watching the Padres or if you're watching the Tampa Bay Rays, who just won their 11th game about 10 minutes ago in a row, I thought we should talk about that or at least bring it up. Um, <laughs> You know, they're all, and they put up 14 runs, right? And they average about eight, seven, 10 runs a night, home runs, all sorts of stuff. And the Padres are doing the same thing. I mean, it's exciting. I mean, it's literally, I'm one of those guys that's, that's I mean, sometimes it is like watching paint dry, watching a, a baseball game, especially in something that's low scoring. But if you're white, if these, the, the Padres, the Rays, and they both are with 30 wins now, the most in MLB. They are a fun team to watch. Young guys, lots of home runs, lots of, of uh, lots of doubles and triples. I mean, I've never seen more doubles hit by the Rays in in ever than this season. Just it's it's making for an exciting game. And but you know, you know, then in the same breath, we've had more no hitters than any other time in in Major League yeah. Baseball. And there's some issues with with what they've done with the ball, um, but I would much rather watch a 15 run game than a than a one run. Yeah, I think you're right. It depends. You know, it kind of depends on the division too. Like who wants to tur- who wants to turn into an AL West game or a or a, a NL Central game? You know, you know, right? But, well. But, AL West, you get to see Shohei Otani. Yeah, oh yeah, but they're in last place. How is that team in last place? Until Trout well, was hurt, they had Trout and Otani, and they couldn't win. Um, but, you know, you look at the AL East, we've got three teams tied in the loss column, at least as of yesterday. There's four, with, there's four teams that can win that division. With 19 losses each. There's only one team in baseball with less losses than that, and that's the Padres. Yeah. It's, the young the young kids are, are exciting. I mean, I there's a lot of kids that people are going to start learning a hell of a lot more about, you know, 
yes, some of these divisions are, are, are more boring, but this kid on the Reds, this Castellano kid mm-hmm. who's ripping the cover off the ball, of course, Acuna on the Braves, yep. you know, Soto on the Nat. There's a young core coming up that is making it exciting. But I just think with everything with baseball, it's it's about pace of play. I don't care whether the game's 15-13 or one nothing. Just keep the game moving. And some games take four hours, and some games take two and a half hours. And I don't care what the final score is, as long as baseball keeps moving, I'm all for it. It's that's that's what I think Donnie baseball is talking about. Pope, what do you what do you think but, are you know, the biggest don't... surprises this year in baseball? Well, I was going to say, I mean, we're talking about the kids, right? So there's a new kid out of uh, out of Texas, uh, a rookie, although he's, I think he's 26, but Adolis Garcia yeah. uh, is – nobody had heard of him. Uh, he came out of the St. Louis Cardinals system, I think, and we got him uh, in, a, in an offseason trade or pickup. And uh, he's second in the major leagues in homers with 14 behind Acuna. Uh, third in RBIs at 38, he had a walk-off homer against the hated Astros the other day. Uh, and then, of course, last night, the, the the Rangers won because they got a guy in second base in the 10th inning. What a great rule, right? And uh, get a single, <laughs> and and the game's over. So I mean, that's that's how insane that is. Well, um, you, know, talk, um, you know, what about the, the Red Sox have this rookie slugger named Bobby Dahlbeck? And I mean that team. Who saw who saw that? That they're Evers, oh, They've got oh they've they're stacked. But they go, I think, like I, I think like they, I always say they go from from last to first, last to first, last. Yeah, to first. it's total. It's exactly. You, you kind of get used to thinking they suck, and then they get back. I mean, they did win the World Series four years ago, three right, years ago, right? And they don't even have Chris Sale back yet. He's coming back this year. It's the same old other, stuff. Other than year. that, there were some really bad starts, but things are starting to shake out. Pretty much as predicted. You got the White Sox in first. Yankees were supposed to be good. They were so horrible. Now all of a sudden they're winning, winning, winning. And so they and the Rays and and the Red Sox are tied in the loss column. Um, it's it seems pretty going at a longest schedule, except for your league house, your division. The Met, the Mets are in first, but they're in trouble because of their injuries. They are, well, they're, and they're barely in first. But I will say that if they get healthy. I do believe that we are witnessing a generational pitcher. Yeah. I think Jacob deGrom is a generational pitcher. The guy's ERA right now is 0.68. Yeah, he's unhittable. I mean, he is unhittable. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I am I, surprised about our division because I think the Braves are stacked. Uh, I think the Phillies, again, have bullpen problems. I'm really surprised the Nationals are struggling. I, I thought the NL East would look a, a lot more than the a, like the AL East, but you know it's still early. There's a lot of baseball left, but I, I, I agree with you. The NL East is surprisingly bad at this point. Of the, I've, of the I've got the Nationals as one of my biggest surprises. Yeah, how bad they're playing. Right. Yeah. I, I didn't see that coming at all. Well, I've, I've, got, I, I, I've got the Giants as one of my biggest surprises. That's I a mean, good the Giants, too. Yeah, the Giants are nine games over 500, and they're only a couple games back. They're one the game back in the loss column to, yeah, but, uh, to the Dodgers. It sucks because they got to play with San Diego, right? Yeah. Right, oh, and the right, Dodgers. Right. right. Yeah. Right. And Defending the Dodgers. world champion. Hello, the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah. Hello. The Dodgers. Forgot <laughs> who, about them. Who, oh, by the way, are nine and one in their last 10. So, yeah, Rooster, I'm with you. I think everything is actually coming back to form on our preseason picks uh, as far as how the divisions are going to shake out. 
Yeah. It's almost predictable at this point if you look at it and, and you do the extrapolation of where these teams are going to end up. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the NBA playoffs. We're, so we finally finished up the, the play-ins and we're in the first round. And I'm going to start in the East House. You must be thrilled with what you saw out of your Sixers in game one against the Wiz. You got Tobias Harris scoring 37 points. Steph, uh, I mean, uh, Seth Curry is draining threes. And Bede had a rough first half and then scored 30, what, 30 or 32 overall. I mean, my God. They barely won. Yeah. If, if you guys are playing like that, you, you deserve the number one seed and hello finals. I think that it's long been the case. We've talked about on this pod before that a lot of these championship teams have three superstars or at least three people playing at a superstar level during the playoffs. The big question for the Sixers was – you knew you had an offensive superstar in Embiid. You knew you had a defensive superstar in Simmons. And, you know, people say stuff yesterday. He was 0 for 6 from the free throw line. But the guy had 15 rebounds, 15 assists, which matched, you know, some pretty heady players from the past in the playoffs. But who was going to be the third person? Um, there was a lot of angst a couple of years ago when the Sixers signed Tobias Harris to a max contract. People were saying, that's not a max contract. Player yesterday, Tobias Harris was a max contract player. He took over that game. Um, if the Sixers keep playing defense like this, I mean, a lot of people don't yet know this Matisse Tybel, but he'll be a first or second team defensive player uh, on the defensive uh, player uh, teams in the league. He shut down Beal for a while. He shut down Westbrook. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I cannot wait, though, Rooster. You're Knicks and mm. your Knicks and their fans, they uh. have been waiting so long oh for this, and they are so angry that whoever is going to take it away from them, you, you know, that like the whole game, the fans were just saying, fuck Trey Young, like the whole game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then at the end of the game, on a buzzer beater, he, he hit a floater. And silence the crowd. I still think that series is going to be amazing. Yep. Uh, I, you know, yes, they took home court away from the Knicks, but that could just as easily be taken away from Atlanta. What do you? What are your thoughts on that series, Rooster? Listen, before that game, two things struck in my mind. One is every Knicks fan I know was like, "Look, secretly, we know we're not going to go very far, and just the fact that we made it is enough." which is complete bullshit once is the it? game started because then all of a sudden they were just like crazy. And number two, before that game started, Julius Randall could have thrown his hat in the ring for mayor and won the race. And he shit the bed in that game. I mean, he looked like the moment was too big for him, which really startled me and is a concern because Trey Young, who's been getting a lot of criticism from the NBA analysts for the last two years, about not being a team player and not really, you know, hurting the team and not being the guy you can build your team around. He rose to the occasion and took that game over. So I'm hoping Julius comes back. I was really impressed though, with how the role players stepped up. I mean, there's some guys I hadn't even heard of. Alec Burks. Alec Burks. Holy he was your smokes. leading scorer yesterday. The guy, was, the guy hit everything he, he took and was so poised. Yeah. He was amazing. Um, 
Uh, it, but we can't win a series without Julius Randle playing well, and he was terrible. That series, that series is going seven. Another series that's going seven, I still believe, are the Bucks Heat. I think, uh, yes, the Bucks won on a buzzer beater, but I think Jimmy Butler is not going to be denied. I still think that team has a ton of talent. NBA Finals last year, I think that one's going to go seven. And also, while I think the Nets are going to handle the Celtics without a problem, I still got to give props for the play-in tournament when Tatum laid 50 in that game. That was unbelievable performance. So it'll be interesting. I think the Sixers and Nets are in pretty good shape. I think the Bucks. Heat, Knicks, Hawks are going to be a much more interesting series, but playoff basketball is great. And what's the greatest is that these stadiums are now at least half full. Hearing the garden like that was oh, what basketball needed. That is what it's all about, baby. Uh, any is. thoughts hey, on the Lakers, by the way? But yeah, the West. Let's are, move are on. Are they the West? So the, got... the East played to form pretty much. The West, I mean, there were more upsets than there were, um, you know, predicted games. Well, when we're talking about the West, first of all, we got to talk about the play-in tournament because the NBA has some egg on its face because they assumed that that the uh, Warriors and Steph were going to get the eight seed. Uh, that's that was an amazing game between the Lakers and the Warriors. You know, LeBron hit a ridiculous baby goat three, uh, just insane three. Uh, that was back and forth, and you're like, well, this is a preview of what the playoffs are going to look like, and then. The Grizzlies, who are obviously yeah. the biggest surprise yeah. of the playoffs, yeah. not only do they do they beat the Warriors in overtime, but they come in and they knock off Utah in game one. I mean, and who I think the I hell telling, is Dylan Brooks? I was, right? I was telling you guys that Utah is running on fumes. They don't have Donovan Mitchell there in trouble. I'm not sure they're going to lose to the Grizzlies in a seven-game series, but watch out for them. And, you know, why not play the homer card here? Because my Mavs, they won their first game one in in a decade. It's the last time they won a game one of the series was when Dirk led them in their 2011 NBA championship run. If the Mavs continue to form, they're going to be tough to beat. I'm not saying the Clips can't beat them, but you know it's a it's a, a all or nothing game for the Clips on Tuesday night. If the Mavs can somehow get past the Clips, then they they could have a very wounded Jazz. Or you know a grizzly team that they probably match up really well. Well, against. I, I never I watch a lot of basketball, and I have to confess I don't think I watched any Memphis Grizzlies games this year. Well, John ja Morant is a stud. John ja Morant was a star. John ja Morant is a stud, it, but he was getting a lot of grief from the analysts who think they know everything about how he taken a step back this year. He please please been playing great in in the play in and game one. But I get back to my question. Did any of you guys realize that Dylan Brooks was this good? I mean, he was scoring at will against the Jazz. He was he was imposing in Oregon. Yeah, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah. I mean, no, that was a no. I mean, you know, I think they're an under the radar team, Uh, maybe a team of the future. But I think they have a obviously if they can buy the Jazz, you know, we can talk more about that. But and. The Suns um, don't yeah. need Chris Paul to beat the Lakers, apparently. No, I, people are going to start learning a lot about Devin Booker oh, and, so and 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 Aiton. And Aiton. The, that 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 tandem. Now you understand. I mean, people will say what they're going to say about the about tanking, you know, to get the pick. The Suns 
had their own process and now it's playing out and they could they could end it for LeBron early. They look really, really impressive. I just got to go back, Pope, to your Mavs. Luca with 31, 11, and 10. Everybody, know, everybody knows he's a star. If he takes down the Clippers and Kawhi and all that, he is now truly next level. If he yeah. puts yeah. that team on his back, because there's not a lot more than Luca. Yes, I I mean, Chris Stapps hasn't turned into what I think everybody thought he's capable of. Maybe he still will, but Luca's putting this team on his back. And if he pulls this series off, wow. Luca Luca wow. is a well, is Luca is a double star, maybe superstar. He's about to become a superstar performer and complainer. He is <laughs> well, the biggest the whiner club, in the league. He's the he biggest got, whiner in the league. Hey, listen, speaking as a, about as opposed to LeBron. Booker, yeah. Speaking oh, about Bo- speaking about Booker and Chris Paul, the rumor is that Chris Paul is secure that he can walk away from the Suns and leave them in good hands and join the Knicks next year. Whoa. Let's stick with the season rooster. Whoa. There, oh, there we go. There we go. There we go. Ourselves. Just but but, hey, but another team to look out for though is the Blazers because absolutely daytime. They just knocked off they just they knocked hit, off they with just ease the Nuggets. Yeah. yeah. The Nuggets are, are the surprise. three seed. So the West is it is up uh, for grabs. Uh, there is no dominant team in the West uh, that's playing well in the playoffs right now. Where do you guys what put? Is, where do you guys put? Put LeBron right now in terms of percentage health. Where is he? Do you think? I think 80. his legs are in bad shape. He's eighty. Yeah, I think Didn't he himself have a horrible game saying, yesterday. He's got no lift right now. Oh yeah. Oh, look at this. Oh, we have no. a surprise guest oh, we've this got afternoon. A surprise appearance from the Bison. Was somebody oh. exonerated? Somebody is was he, exonerated. Is that a, that looks like the picture of him on the steps? Wow. Like. <laughs> Wow. We our fans want to know, are you on trial or being tried? Everybody wants to know. TBD, man. TBD. You never know how these things are going to turn out. I just wanted to check in though, because we have to say happy birthday to a couple SMQVs if that hasn't been covered yet. It hasn't. What a nice guy. Mazelkov. To the, to the to the Toby family, to the House family on the big weekend. Thank you. That's Thank right. you. Thank uh, you. Hope you look beautiful. But I just really want to make sure you guys weren't here talking about like this is us or something, and remind you that this is a sports podcast. I know you guys get distracted when I'm not around. <laughs> I said, let me tell let me tell you what you missed because I have a feeling you'll want to say a couple things. Number one, the biggest surprise in baseball is how bad the Nationals suck, and number two, the Wizards are crap. Um, so what do you have to say to our We've fans? Oh, oh, wait a minute, teams. wait a minute, Bison. In, your honor, in your honor, I did get in an Eagles jab in the intro. I, I <laughs> take care of that. I do look forward, forward to that. But, well, listen, carry on, carry on. I'm just, I'm just jumping in here. Go, go right along. Be on your merry way. Well, we were handicapping but, the uh, the playoffs, NBA. We were just analyzing the West, and love to hear your thoughts on your chances of coming back against the Sixers. None, zero. They're too good. <laughs> Not That's the about right. That's wow. about right. Yeah. Wow. Well, speak, speaking of Bison's teams, let's move on to the NHL. And oh. I was going to ask Milk oh. this question. I was going to ask Milk Ouch. this question, but Bison, how shocked are you that the Caps got knocked out four to one, four games to one by the Bruins? I, I mean, was going to pour wow. one out, by the way, for the Caps. Well, oh, go ahead, no. Mace. I was going to so, punch him. Yeah, I mean, look, am I shocked? Yeah, I'm shocked at, at 
the four to one and, and the way the games went down, um, you know, they were really two evenly matched teams. It was such a weird year, the way they played uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the schedule this year. And they were really evenly matched teams. So, you know, it could have gone either way. Uh, but yeah, I'm surprised that it was, it was so sort of so handily, but on the other hand, you know, that two games went to overtime, I guess, wait, three games go to overtime. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, that, that it was close until the last two games. So yeah, surprised they're out, disappointed they're out. Um, but it's not shocking to me that, that, uh, they lost the series. That's a tough first round matchup. Yeah. That's Either right. team, either team losing that round is a tough loss. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. So, yeah, it's definitely disappointing for sure. Milk, why are the Lightning a number three seed? <sighs> Doesn't make sense to me. What, you think they should be higher? Yeah. Yes. Well, we played without our best player all year, by the way, in Nikita Kucherov, mm-hmm. who makes it back just in time for the first Speak game Speak against Russia Florida. So well, Milk. Sorry, uh, go ahead. Yeah. And l- listen, I was very worried. This series is not over. We'll see what happens tonight. But I was very the Battle worried. of Florida. They had owned us this, this season. I mean, they. I think you know this season's so weird. You play like the same team fifty times. So I think they had won ten out of fifteen games. Something crazy. And now you're up three to one on them. But we didn't have our best player, and now he comes in in the first game. He scores three goals. So now that he's back, what do you think your chances of getting to the final? I've so I've said this from the beginning. I think the winner, and by the way, the biggest surprise for me is Nashville too, tied with Carolina. Um, mm-hmm. I thought for sure Carolina was going to run away with that series, but I've got Tampa and Carolina playing in the next round, and I've got the winner of that series winning the Stanley Cup. Wow! Absolutely. Against whom? And it's going to be Vegas. God, that would be cool. Or the Avs, maybe the Avs. The Avs are. They look pretty good. They just they swept them, right? Yeah, 4-0. 4-0 over it's the Blues. It's so interesting this year. The The winner of that next series is going to play all these teams in Canada. Well, whoever comes to that Canadian division. And no one's played them all year. I don't even know what they're going to do, by the way. That is, is interesting. Going to be a are, bubble or. Are the Oilers any good this year? I mean, they're ranked. They're seeded high. No, that's that's the second surprise is that the Oilers are down 3-0 against Winnipeg. And and uh they just they were down I think the Oilers were up 4 to 1 yesterday and then blew the lead. It was really bad. So you've got nope. the Lightning and who in the finals, do you think? Gosh. I mean I might have to go with Colorado. Anyone else? Anyone else disagree? I, I would love to see Vegas in there. What about the Bruins? I mean, they look pretty damn good against the I Caps. Know, I know. I mean, they've got some fantastic shooters. Those guys can shoot. That's what the Caps were missing. Yeah. Is is on you know like when Ovi's not you know hitting hitting slap shots, they don't have great shooting. Yeah. And the Bruins did, man. They had like two or three guys who were making great shots. I've loved now, to play. Is your is your uh, is your stadium allowed full or half or what? What what's the story with the fans? For it's reduced. Games? It's not full, but I th- I think Carolina is full. Did you see the their first game? It's no. definitely sold out. Wow. 
Yeah. I, I, I think it's both NHL and NBA. This is very interesting because now you're starting to see again, how home court home ice advantage can play back into things again, which is Absolutely. great. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. Yeah. So Bison, you don't happen to have a punchable face of the week, do you? Come on, man. Um, I, I could give you one if you need one. Well, we have one. We have two, really. Okay. Jump, but jump in there. Number one is Tony Larusa. What do you think of that? You're, you're hey, a baseball guy. Can I just say uh, nice, nice background image, nerd? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sticking with the theme. Uh, I thought the, you know, obviously I, I haven't, I've been a little distracted, haven't been following too much, but the Larusa thing, I mean. I hated the home run by the guy. Yeah. And then, like, but how do you deal with that room. if you're the manager in, in private in room, or in right? public? Yeah. What, why, why are you out there running your mouth about your own players? Right. Like, right. Right. Like, right. Right. You know, just keep in the locker room and shut up already. I, I thought it was stupid. So, for the, for the fans who may not have heard about this, uh, the, the White Sox were just destroying the Twins, and the Twins were down so big, they brought in a position player to pitch to – is it pronounced your, your, your mean Mercedes? Anyway, and La Russa gives the signs to his third base coach who gives it to Mercedes, and the sign is it's 3-0. They give him the take sign. He ignores the take sign. And the and the uh, the position player throws some meatball over the plate, sort of like the wiffle ball pitch I threw to the house. And uh, <laughs> and Mercedes, you know, hits a home run. And the next time he's up, the Twins throw behind him. Um, and you know, La, La Russa throws him under the bus publicly in the press conference, and then has the audacity to say. He had throws no Mercedes under the, the bus. Yeah, he yeah, has no them. issues with the twins throwing behind his player, who happens to be a rookie, who happens to be carrying the offense for the team this year. So now you're you're messing with this rookie's psyche because his manager is on TV throwing him under the bus. I mean, you know, here's a and and Larusse's point is well, there are these unwritten rules in baseball, which I once knew, but now I don't know any of the rules. Um, here's an unwritten rule. Have the back of your goddamn players if you're the manager. You know, yeah. don't throw them under the bus. I, and plus, since when is a 3-0 count a sacred unwritten rule? And if it is, when you're when you're that far up, why don't we just have the mercy rule? What are you telling? You're telling a batter to go up there and you're not supposed to see the ball and hit it. It's not even a pitcher throwing the ball. If they're, they're going to lob a meatball to you, you should hit it. You should hit right back at the pitcher. Why is they're, he in the game? There's a right understand. way and a wrong way, though, right? There's a right way and a wrong way to do it. I mean, LaRusso could have come out and said, you know, he's a young player. You know, he, I think having talked to him in hindsight, he understands it probably wasn't the, the best approach in that situation of the game, and he'll learn from it, but he's a good player, respects the game. He made a mistake this time. I mean, you could do that. and But then to say that the, it's okay that they threw at him, it's, I mean, come on. Yeah, never. that's never acceptable for a manager yeah. to say it's okay that you threw at my guy. For, for that, Larusa gets. If he wasn't already falling down, I'd give him a punchable face. 
Yeah, let I me think- just say that the, the, I will, as it relates to Mer- as it relates to Mercedes. I mean, it it was a fourteen to three game with two outs and a position player throwing forty seven miles per hour. So I do think it was wrong from the Jack one out, but I also think the rest I agree with everything. Larusa should bring him in the office and scream at him, you know, and he right. deserves a punch. I right, think here, these here's- old managers are are pissed off at what's happening with baseball. I don't think they know how to handle it. Yeah, but they still have to have their players back. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. I just think he's he's bitter in general. All right, Milk. Punchable face part two. How the hell did the Jags justify signing a 33-year-old former quarterback as tight end? Are you asking me to punch yeah. Tebow in the face? I'm asking yes, you. Better, yes. You better no. go to somebody else. I'm asking friend. you. No, no. Look, I get the fact that you're like, oh, remember when my guy Tebow was the quarterback of Florida? He's not the quarterback of Florida anymore. He's a washed up quarterback. I'm asking you to punch the Jags and Urban Meyer in the face for dusting this broken down guy off and wasting a roster spot on him. And if he doesn't doesn't start at tight end, it's a failure. He is, Milk wants to make out with Tebow. He what do you want to do with Tebow? The, I mean, the, guy is is Tebow on that team? the guy is in shape. Oh, come on. Oh, Look my God. He's, I mean, he's I could been beat him in, in the, the 40. Wow. I think it's opinion. one of the best decisions the Jags have made in a long time. Oh, oh my God. On. Come on. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure I can get by that one. Do you have a Tebow jersey now? I'm going to get a Tebow jersey. He's going to dump the Bucks now. They're for now the Jets. my AFC team. His jersey is <laughs> outselling uh, Trevor Lawrence's. Did you know that? By the way, well, but not, for, but not for female jerseys. He's going to make the team, by the way. <laughs> He's going to make the team. <laughs> well, no, well, that's why? a shame. My question is why? Yes, no, thank what you. Does over he under on how many team? touchdowns? Over under on how many touchdown catches he has is set at one. Is he over or under? I got to take the under in the preseason or regular no. season in the regular. Oh, no. Yeah. That'd be like asking how many home runs he hits for the Mets. You mean the, the, the real Mets or the Tidewater Mets? Yeah, no, I Thank mean, I'm regular season. I'm taking the under. He is going to get jacked up by some secondaries. Well, he's a big, yes. Dude. I don't know about that. He is a big dude. He's a big dude. I don't know. Have you heard he, the comments from some of these former linebackers like that? He, he, He's going to get destroyed. It's a gimmick. This is like wearing three quarters on the back of your jerseys. A jer- jer- this is a Bill Vec gimmick. Yeah. Listen, this this guy. Oh, I, I don't think I don't I don't think we appreciate just how hard it is to get from high school to college to one of those cherished spots in the professional sports. I feel really bad for some guys who are sweating their balls off who are in their 20s, who can actually play tight end. That was their position. And they won't get a look because the Jags want to do a gimmick because Urban Meyer wants a guy. Really, you want a third string tight end to lead your locker room? That's what you're telling Trevor Lawrence and the rest of your team? That whole team needs to be punched in the face and their stupid logo and their colors and the terrible stadium that we lost to the Patriots in for the Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you the colors. Boom. In the stadium. All right, take us out, Bison. With my punchable face. Well, you guys, you guys might have talked about this already, and and you know, I, 
I don't want to be the Debbie Downer on it, but the, my punchable face is over uh, Pope's uh, background there. Um, I thought what what Mickelson did was great, fun. Really enjoyed it. I, I've I've said before, I, I never really connected with Phil, but on some of these like these made for TV events where he's been mic'd up and stuff, I've really kind of like fallen in love with the guy. I think he's so much fun, it's and terrible. I love him. He's great. It was a lot of fun, but man. Crowd control at the PGA. Did you, did you guys oh, talk God. about God, here comes the support of Kepka. Unbelievable. We didn't really talk about that. We didn't really, I don't really Unbelievable. Support for We didn't really talk about crowd control. We talked about how crazy. Now, here comes the Kepka. No, no, no. I wasn't even going to mention Kepka. I, I just thought in general it was bad. And it felt it felt contrived by the fans. Not I'm not putting this on any of the players. It felt contrived by, by the fans that they wanted that tiger moment of walking up the 18th uh, green with Phil and they couldn't wait. And, and I swear, I mean, whoever's yelling in the hole, like really come up with something else, bro. I mean, it is like mashed like potatoes, every, mashed potato, every swing for every, it was the same thing. Stop enough. Like it just, it, it just felt contrived and that's it. I don't, I don't, I guess Kepka had some gripe with it, whatever. I don't, I don't even know about that, but, but it just, I don't know. Just, it's a golf tournament. Act like, you know, act with a little respect. I mean, these guys, did you have a problem with crowd control? At, did you have a problem with crowd control at East Lake with tiger? Well, I was, when I got my fist bump with tiger, I was behind the, um, the thing. And so it was, it was, you know, they had it roped off and he had a big way to go down and he was fist bumping guys as he went. But there was no security guard having to pull him through and make sure he could get through there. Yeah, yeah. This was this was this was extreme. It was like I the mean, open. I mean, Phil did open. say it was unnerving. Anyway, good luck in, in your trial, Bison. We're yeah. rooting for you. We got good some show. Birthday milk. Happy birthday, Milk. Happy birthday, Rooster. Good show. Good show, fellas. There. I'll, later on. Happy yeah, birthday, good, guys. Good show, Happy fellas. birthday, Rooster. Happy birthday, Milk. Have a great Thank week, you. guys. Thank you. See you guys. See yeah. ya.